Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? What up? I had uh, a crazy call to my office, to my desk this week. Um, it was a nurse in a hospital, and she tells me that she's got a patient who is an Australian national who was on an international layover at the Miami International Airport, right? And you don't have a lot of international layovers in the U.S., right? Because where where he, he's flying from, like Uruguay to Toronto, right? So I don't know how long his layover was, but he collapsed, and they had to be like rushed to the hospital. So the nurse is calling me because they, you know, he um, didn't have a visa to be in the U.S., right? He was just had a had a layover, right, between two other countries. He did have permission to go to, and you have to have a visa to come to the United States, right? To come through customs, you have to be pre-approved by the State Department to come here, right? So mm-hmm. um, I, I said, well, did the did the uh, airport police call the EMTs? Did they they call the ambulance? She said, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, did they give the EMTs any special instructions about what he should do to get back into the airport? Because I'm thinking, you know, we're all thinking like, you know, if he doesn't have approval to be in the U.S. and then he just shows up at the airport and is like, hey, I'm here to catch a flight. They're going to go, uh, they're going to go, how the fuck, we have no record of you entering the country. How did you get into the country? Right. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so did, did the did the airport police seem to, even know that he didn't come through customs that they just kind of let him go. And the nurse is like, I, I think so. And I'm like, so TSA just let a guy loose into America. Just let him go. Like no, with, pro- with no just, documentation just, whatsoever. Yeah. And nobody fucking knows what to do with him now. And he's worried about getting, he could possibly be deported and have that show up on his, his like, you know, be red flagged for that for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, fucking TSA. There you go. There's your government shutdown right there. They're just letting people <laughs> loose into the country <laughs> without any kind of clearance whatsoever. <laughs> so what a fucking shit show. Oh, I know. And, and then you see this headline today on Yahoo News. Um, uh, TSA done giving a fuck. That's the headline line on yahoo news done giving a fuck <laughs> tsa blasting uncensored rap music at jfk airport <laughs> so, that's, that's, that's awesome like, actually it has hit the fucking fan um so yeah i i didn't know what to do other than to refer the nurse who you know calling behalf of this guy to ask her to call tsa dhs and u.s customs border protection and say you know like try to you know or call the airport police and try to get you know find out if they have an incident report because i would hope that if they call an ambulance they're going to at least file some kind of incident report and take down the guy's name but you know i don't know like <laughs> i don't know if anyone knows what their <laughs> what their internal protocol is or if it's even being followed right now with this government shutdown i just nobody knows nobody yeah. fucking knows what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah no it's a fucking mess um and apparently there are no chefs in the white house either because trump served <laughs> the clemson football players uh mcdonald's when they came to visit for their white house visit the other day although to be fair that might just be what he serves all the time and and like it happened you know like he that could have just been his excuse to fucking order like platters and platters of big macs i you know who can tell who knows what he when he gets an idea he thinks is great a great idea and there's just Uh nobody there to tell him not he's like Football players who have a Big Mac, you know, they fucking do whatever. Um, watching people freak out about it, like how dare he disrespect. It's like they're a fucking college football team. Like I'm sure they've eaten way worse than that. 
that's probably what they eat. They're fucking poor. Well, not poor, but they're, you know, broke-ish college yeah, kids. You know, and, and then that one photo, that like perfectly symmetrical photo where he's got his hands <laughs> up like, ta-da. <laughs> and it like everything's in like perfect crystal focus, you know, long, like uh, deep depth uh-huh. of field. And he got yeah. like these Beauty and the Beast candelabra fucking things. <laughs> and, just, and then Lincoln, <laughs> the painting of Lincoln in the background. And then there's, here's 3,000 Big Macs and fucking Whoppers and shit. And it's just like... <laughs> You could not, Banksy could not come up with like a more epic <laughs> artistic image installation of. No, that, that was America. That, that yeah. is, that is America. And, and every, the picture. Everyone who was smart got like the, the irony and just like the, the twistedness of it. And it just like America has always been uh, a, a, a whopper on a silver platter. Trump just had the, <laughs> the, um you know, the boldness to show us our true selves. <laughs> <laughs> have it your way america yeah I, I just have to imagine those are really old pieces of china that the, that's like what kennedy and fucking you know lbj ate on and now there's like pre-packaged <laughs> like barbecue sauce packets in the saw so- in the gravy bowl Camel- camelot is a long time it was a long time ago there was fucking there was ranch packets in a silver bowl at the fucking white uh, house yep. <laughs> I, you know, he's just, he's a monster. He's terrible. He tore families apart and he's just like, eat up football team. Here's your, here's your fucking memories coming to the white house. But the thing is like, he, he had to, like he couldn't, there's no white house staff there to serve food to people and there's no money to buy the food. Like he literally just went out and bought it. Like whatever he could actually serve himself as the commander in chief of the free world. He was like, here, just, they, I don't have to actually do anything. I can just buy you McDonald's. And you can just pick it up and eat it off the plate yourself. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Does he not? There's no way he's not getting food made for him still, though. I'm, well, I'm sure he's got his own personal chef, too. You know, I mean, even before he was president, yeah, I'm probably. sure he's he probably all those people he probably just brought in the White House with him, you know, Um yeah, I was have he, no like, idea. The, the black <laughs> chef that works at the White House make food for him. Forget about it. Yeah, I don't you know, know. Considering don't, the way he is. Um, yeah. I don't know if he would let a black yeah. person touch his food before he put it in his mouth. I don't. No, that's what I mean, genuinely. Like, yeah. I, I was listening to uh, an episode of uh, The Dollop, which is like that history podcast I'm always telling you about, yeah. about Trump. And it, it's his, like, we, we think of him as a racist, but when you actually hear, like, the kind of eugenic shit that his dad taught him that he believes, it, it's way more pathological than I think people even realize. Like, people think, like, it's just for stoking up his base no he he really is like a crazy person who thinks that like, uh, yeah. black people are inferior yeah. like, well and then really they'll, they'll, they'll show that. a picture of him next to don king and you're like see he's not very racist and i was like don king's probably fucking racist are you kidding <laughs> it's like, yeah no don king is uh, yeah. yeah might as um, well be an old white dude which is, i mean the the what was it? the central park five that right there he was running full page ads in the new york times uh calling for the execution of minors for a crime that had oh yeah using yet. his own money yeah, that, that's a that's a crime of that's a that's an act of passion, it, like an act like, of passionate hatred. Where you know? is the it, where is the standard for what they will and won't run as an ad at New York Times? I mean, I mean, clearly there, there's, there's not, literally it's, no standard. It's like, how do you know? This is, of course, the paper that ran op ed saying, oh, Hitler says he hates the Jews, but he doesn't really mean it. No, he's <laughs> not. No. Uh, well, you know, the, the most famous ad, of course, the New York Times ran was the uh, Dick Cheney, uh, you know, news dump that uh, Iraq has, is buying yellow cake uranium from fucking yeah. <laughs> Niger. Yeah. New York Times, so, paper know, of record, <laughs> liberal newspaper. Right. Super easy to buy an ad in the New York Times, apparently. Um, 
but anyway, yeah, so we're recording on Wednesday. We're both a little busy this weekend, so we figured we'd get a podcast out to everybody. Um, but there's, you know, we have a lot of stuff to talk about just in the in the truncated week uh, that we that we have. Um, we got a lot of 2020 uh, Democrats uh, announcing, so I want to talk about each of them briefly. Uh, we didn't we didn't the, the Tulsi thing happened after we recorded last week, right? Uh, oh, her announcing and, and and everyone trying to find a reason not to like her. That was kind of like a, yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't, I know we didn't talk about that last week. Yeah, I don't think we did. Yeah. Okay. That's why I just want to make sure. Yeah. So, uh, Tulsi Gabbard announced, um, it's an interesting, uh, contender for sure. Uh, I, you know, I have my, I have my concerns about Tulsi, but I think she's still, maybe the second best person in the field right now mm-hmm. you know maybe second or third best but she's she's for sure on the on the side of like i would vote for her if she were the nominee put it that way yeah well you saw that that poll that i was sharing a i made sort of a custom graphic of it but it was an online poll which is not scientific and can be you know overwhelmed by whoever has the most online supporters right so mm-hmm. uh it was it was about a quarter of people about about like 12,000 people had voted on it about a quarter had said they favor Tulsi um everyone else who was announced or had was expected to announce was like the other quarter and then half was for Bernie <laughs> so, yeah you know it, it it does feel a little bit like maybe her run might be just as you know a warm-up to become a vi- vice president we're all still so assuming bernie's gonna run which i think we all know he's gonna run because who else oh, is he's gonna absolutely fucking, gonna run yeah he just you know he's waiting for all the fives to announce before he shows up with the 10 um but yeah i think <laughs> he's already staffing up by the way i i, there, I read an article today that he's already hiring people so oh, it's, yeah, it's like a done yeah. deal well and like i always said like he never stopped running i've never seen a, a, a candidate <laughs> that true. high profile keep running the whole time basically never stopped his campaign um but i think you know she doesn't have the name recognition but she is good on a lot of great things um you know she has said domestically she's great right well you know everyone found a reason to criticize her in the last you know four days right you know oh she came, she was part of this like right-wing hindu sect well it's like there was about 500 different hindu sects you know there's <laughs> you know we've got protestant yeah uh episcopalian baptist whatever they've got like 500 different versions of it and they all hate each other like that's what sectarianism is right and that was what her family was and you can't really decide what your family's religion is when you're young um i saw one guy in huffington post saying that early in her career in the late 90s she was you know saying all this anti-gay stuff and was part of this uh you know uh, teen gay conversion therapy organization well she's a year or two younger than me in the late nineties. She would have been in like early high school. So this was not part of her early career by any means. Right. Yeah. Um, And she's repeatedly said she was wrong about all that stuff too. And said that, you know, her remarks at the time, even, you know, in her early twenties were indefensible and disrespectful. So if you look at her record, um, she hasn't, promoted any of that stuff in her actual career uh in in politics at all so uh but again most of those smears were coming from liberal id poll centrists who see yeah. her as representing bernie or as a burning surrogate or a potential burning running mate and they wanted to just launch an all-out attack on her right away um 
So, I, yeah. Well, they never forgave her for resigning from the. She was the vice chair of the DNC right. during the debacle, and she made a very public uh, spectacle out of resigning and saying, "Hey, uh, the my colleagues, including the chair of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz at the time, uh, are really fucking corrupt, and they're not playing fair, and they're they're trying to swing this for Hillary. So I have to resign because I can't, in good conscience, right, be a part of this." And then she endorsed Bernie. So they would never forgave her for that howard dean every fucking opportunity he gets will smear her with the most baseless but oh she's a, a assad apologist and all this shit because you know she doesn't buy the state department line on uh assad being this you know maniacal uh you know right. uh, just idiotic uh dictator who gasses his own people all the time well, even though he's constantly uh, you know winning the fight <laughs> against isis in syria right well you know who else was an assad apologist was hillary clinton right up until 2016 right or 2017 yeah. so <laughs> it's 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 we're we're buddies we enable the arm these dictators until it suddenly becomes expedient to not do it anymore. And it's never because they did something wrong. It was because they were doing wrong things all along, usually, that we had no problem with. But then suddenly it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you don't, you know, we decided you're you're going to be the next fall guy because we need to have another war to distract from our other war, to distract from our other war. Um, you know, and, and Gabbard, to her credit, she did come from a military background, all right, whatever. Um she has said some questionable things about the use of uh, torture in interrogation, which I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. She, she buys into the whole ticking time bomb, you know, TV show 24 uh, kind of thing, which like nothing ever plays out that way. There's never been, uh, you know, a, a ticking time bomb where torture, you know, was like, oh, in 45 minutes when the show episode ends, we got to stop that bomb. So we have to torture you, you know, like that just it's not the real world. Right. Yeah. So I don't, you know, her comments on that, not defensible at all. Um, but she's been very steadfast in saying these these re- regime change wards of occupation, she's very much against. So good. Um, she's very much is in support of if we do have a military using it to wipe out extremists like ISIS. But, you know, it's like, why is there ISIS? Well, because of the regime change wars. For, yeah. Right. So it's like she instead of saying, hey, maybe we wouldn't have to have this problem if we stop doing this, it's like she kind of keeps, she kind of has them siloed as though they're one is noble and one's not. They're they're completely interlinked. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, she's an interesting candidate. I I would see her more for a cabinet seat in like an, in a Bernie administration. I don't know if I would quite would, I almost want to say secretary of defense, but then I'm a little concerned about some of her more hawkish tendencies on certain aspects of defense. So I, could, maybe could I you really see like secretary of state. somebody signed to be secretary of defense who was 37 years old. Like she's young. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's, she's very young. I mean, she's got military experience. Uh, sure, she's not as sure, hawkish but. of a maniac. The, the problem is you're not going to appoint a civilian to secretary of defense. It has to be somebody who's a veteran. And, uh, Hey, fuck, make Richard Ojedo secretary. Of <laughs> no, I, actually more, I'm more I'm concerned directing our troops to, to deploy actually. upon the lawn of Carol Miller. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. I don't care. No, it's, um, but no, I, but I think that actually might be a good uh, person to put in that spot because she, unlike every secretary of defense that we've ever had, is not uh, a hawkish interventionist, uh, you know, and maybe some of her less, 
I don't know what the word is, less desirable positions and qualities will be tempered by just focusing on strategy for getting us out of uh, these wars, which is something that Bernie could task her with as Secretary Possibly. of Defense. Possibly. It's just, it's hard for me to imagine any of these people, you know, people that have actually been on the left in whatever capacity you want to consider the left to be, actually being in real positions of power until AOC got elected. Because now it's like, I can't... Mm-hmm. I, you know, two months ago, I couldn't picture what it would look like when she's actually speaking on the House floor, which she did for the first time today. Um, you know, seeing her running around the halls of Congress going, where's where's Mitch McConnell? He's not over here. He's not over there. He's not. You <laughs> that know? was amazing. <laughs> it was just so funny. The picture where she's, I save the, she's like was, peeking yeah. out of the elevator, like comically peeking out of the elevator, you know, and everyone else looks all serious. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was just like, what is she, a fucking crime fighter? <laughs> No, I know it was adorable, um, but yeah, I mean, and but she also, you know, I'll, I'll I'll save the AOC talk, but I but just the point I want to make on her real quick is she shows that it's actually fairly easy to be a really effective uh, elected leader if you actually give a fuck about supporting the policies that you claim support. It's just that nobody's ever fucking done it, right. you know, outside of Bernie and a few others. So it's so shocking when she does that sort of shit, but. Uh, we could have a whole fucking Congress full of AOCs, you know, if we yeah. want. So, yeah. Well, and what was you know the, what was the quote from um, what's his name? Um, the guy who was like, "Oh, you want us to stop taking all corporate money?" What was what was that guy? Oh, Barney Frank. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, motherfucker, we yeah. do, idiot. Like <laughs> you, just, he's like, oh, well, you know, because they he was talking about how the D- Democrats take twenty five percent of bankers' money, a banker money. And it's like, yeah, idiot, you're always going to be in a monetary disadvantage and you're corrupt and beholden to them. Why the fuck would you take 25% from the bankers? Right. Yeah. Well, take we, none of it. And then you're they not want the money. To them. They, they want the fucking yeah. money. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, that's the danger is then suddenly they're like, wait, so you're saying the new uh, purity test is taking no corporate money. And then AOC is like, yeah, yeah, here I did it. <laughs> this guy did it. This woman, you know, I mean, even if we didn't have, you know, if it wasn't for AOC, Rashida Tlaib would be the hottest ticket in the room, right? Um, mm-hmm. She's been amazing with just about everything she said. Yeah, no, she's been excellent so far, you know, minus the the early Pago vote, which I think they all got kind of duped on. And I hope that's not well, going to be an indicator I, I, of how they're going to. They, I remember we were mad about that when we talked about it. And then it was later that same night. I don't remember which of them tweeted out, but basically it was that, that they, were, they were all opposed to the Pago thing that they wanted overall to, to pass that rules package. And that was the one thing they didn't like and that they were going to continue to work towards um, you know, basically repealing Pago, uh, a second, a separate amendment to repeal right, Pago right. law. And that's, you know, we don't know enough about those kind of things to not make snap judgments like that. So of course we're like, what the fuck? They're already selling out. And mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. every. I, discussion I don't think it was a, se- I, I think it was a, yeah, I think that that was a calculation. I think that Pelosi played them a little bit because now she's going to hold that against them. But I, I don't, I don't think that there was bad intent or, or selling out on their part to vote for those. No, no. that rules package but i think aoc smartly knew that she could take a position of leadership by voting against being one of three democrats to vote against it right by the way tulsi tulsi other, one of the other democrats yeah, and, and roe she knew she was running roe roe but roe bro <laughs> uh that's that's what uh, i kind of hope you could also be uh yeah you're gonna say I, I was gonna say I I really think that Bernie should consider him as his VP because he uh, is really good. He's been really good lately. He's he's a leader, unlike 
a lot of the uh, even some of the progressives like he's a genuine leader on introducing bills that nobody else introduced in the house now he's got some help with aoc and talib and Ilan omar and anna presley but um he's been a leader for a few years now mm-hmm. and i think he's the perfect uh anti- antidote to bernie because he's young he's uh indian american i believe but he's uh somebody that would be a great successor to bernie eventually he's a great person to elevate yeah. into a, a position of prominence to eventually become uh president himself so i would i would think that he should bring him on yeah him. he's also very calm like he doesn't get frazzled by shit he's not a great that's his problem he's calm but he's also not a super engaging speaker Right. Well, that's why you have a position of vice president, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think that's the thing that Tulsi's good at, too, is is kind of always being calm. She's a little bit monotone, but not dispassionate. But when she talks, you're not like fired up. You're just like, oh, yeah, no, I, I fuck, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I think that's kind of a problem. It's it's you I think need that's partly a problem, there, though, I, to run for for president you know if you had two people that were as fired up as bernie it would oh no <laughs> it'd feel like a, like a tidal wave you gotta have imagine you know an opening act and then the then the main show you know imagine a bernie ojeda ticket what a fucking maniac <laughs> oh my god <laughs> ticket that would be it just it just um, fucking veins coursing eyeballs bulging <laughs> like sleeves rolled up fucking just notes but i, I, notes I do th- out of your pocket falling all over the fucking place <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i but and I, I and i love birdie and i i really like tulsi and roe but i i think unfortunately their biggest flaw is that you do need in this era of populist anger uh and and i would say uh very justified populist anger you need to be able to rile a crowd up in a positive way, not in a like, hey, let's go beat up a bunch of black people way like Trump does. Sure. I, in a, in a yeah. fuck the system kind of way, you know? Bernie already does that. You need something to also that complements that where they're not quite as fired up. They're kind of more yeah. even keeled. Oh, for no, yeah, for um, VP, I agree. I'm saying if the, yeah. either of them were to run for president, well, which Tulsi's doing oh, on, on their, their own, own. I, I don't right. know that they're quite going to make it on their own. Yeah. Which, I, for that reason. You can tell how much we're not considering the miss to be real contenders you know i feel like they're if anything you know if elizabeth warren's running and tulsi gabbard's running they should do so only to raise their own profile and then eventually endorse bernie i mean i i don't Mm -hmm. see how could elizabeth warren think that she's gonna survive on a debate stage with donald trump like that's just that that'd be like your racist uncle having a shouting match with like your kind you know, but somewhat disillusioned mother and she just starts crying uh-huh. and then the um, the racist uncle starts laughing and you're like, this is the worst. I don't, I don't want to, this is awful. Just stop this. Drop out <laughs> before it gets any worse. Oh, hi. Hello. Thank you for joining me in our kitchen. <laughs> just, I, I can't get, I can't get over how fucking hard oh. it was so bad that fucking Trump made fun of it. And he fucking got like a real zinger in on her. Yeah. He's like, he he's like, yeah. Why, why was said. like, he copied our fucking <laughs> podcast. He was like, why, why was she welcoming him into her, her into her own kitchen? Like they, he lives there. Of course he's in <laughs> your, your kitchen. Like <laughs> when oh. you can make Donald Trump look like a stand-up comedian, you know, you're fucked. Like that's, that's yeah. not a, a good, good stand-up for your, your viability. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, an actual good joke. Um, okay. So yeah, but Tulsi, um, you know, it, it's a big spag, but I, I, 
it's good to have her in the race and i would vote for her if she won the nomination she's not going to win the nomination let's be realistic no, she's going to probably be no. an eight percenter she's going to be in the mid-tier of the low end probably sure just purely because of name recognition and so many people in the race not well, anything to do with so her i'd read candidate. i'd read about some of the hindu sectarian stuff a long time ago right and i was kind of like mm-hmm. yeah i don't really see her legislating with any of that in her heart right um, it's yeah. just sometimes like your family has a weird religious background and that's just part of who, like, you know, the Beck, Beck, the singer Beck, right? Mm-hmm. He's a Scientologist and people were like, what the fuck? Why are you a Scientologist? And he was like, cause my parents were, and it's just, I grew up with it. So whatever. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I guess we've had multiple generations that are, have existed since Scientology came around. So, you know, what? it doesn't, it's weird to think about, but yeah. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> So unless you really hear somebody thumping their Bible or whatever they have in India uh, for a Bible um, really hard from their legislative office, like I don't doesn't really worry me. You know, if we had to if we were going to judge every politician based off their crazy religious bullshit, like uh, it, we wouldn't let anyone be a fucking Christian. Right. And, and run for office. Well, literally nobody <laughs> in Congress is an open atheist. So uh, I would throw them all in the fucking trash, you know, metaphorically, if I could. Basically, and, and, you know, yeah, it, yeah. If, if we based it purely on religion, but you can't do that because it's an unacceptable yeah. position in this be, stupid fucking country to not believe in a sky, you know, sky, sky daddy. Yeah. Superhero. Space wizard yeah. who created everything. So you can be uh, openly socialist now in government, but you still cannot be an atheist. <laughs> there's polls that say like some crazy amount of people will not vote for anybody who identifies as an open atheist no matter who that what positions they hold which is fucking nuts which is why bernie's so coy about the fact that he's absolutely an atheist like if you ever hear him talk about religion he 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 basically does the oh yeah well i'm a cultural jew which means i'm a fucking atheist i'm not i don't believe it you know right right <laughs> Well, but he but he won't say that because it's it's political suicide. Oh, of course. To say that. Well, it, it's you know, he certainly doesn't talk about Judaism much, but on the very occasions he has, it's clear he's the he's the lefty socialist atheist kind of Jew. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, almost Jesus, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so uh, Tulsi is interesting. Uh, a couple other candidates announced. Um each one more hilarious than the next. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand announced that she's forming an exploratory committee for a presidential uh, run in 2020. Sounds like getting a root canal and rooting for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so stupid. Like, it's just like, we, we know you're fucking running. Just say I'm running for president. Don't be an asshole. Like, nobody, this, this fucking dance of, oh, well, I, Elizabeth Warren did that too. Well, I'm, star, I'm, I'm opening an exploratory committee into whether or not I'm going to, you know, it, it, that there's support for me to, fucking spoiler alert there's no support for you to run literally she put out a tweet yeah could you imagine no jetta announcing exploratory committees you'd be like i will fight your exploratory committee in the street no (laughs) (laughs) um she she put out a tweet about her running uh, forming that committee and i looked literally four hours later it had five retweets and 15 likes and about 60 replies like she was getting ratioed oh, on her fucking yeah. comment well, about so our, our, our friend Peter Douche noticed that and he tweeted it out and it was like hours later it only had two <clears throat> retweets and and all the rest of her tweets were not like that but that tweet didn't show up in her feed right but it wasn't deleted and I was like I wonder if they have like the ability to hide tweets from their feed if they start getting ratioed right if that's like a like a feature <laughs> that blue check accounts get to have right 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, clearly like her, the, the, the Sally Albright bot army was not in on that particular tweet, trying to beef it Checked up and clear. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, it's just, you see such different patterns of stuff, you know, like we know that these bot armies don't change anyone's mind, but they give the appearance as though someone has popular support. When you see an account that has, um, you know, 5,000 followers and, you know, seven, they follow 7,000 people and they've only tweeted, you know, maybe 300 times. And every single one is saying, you know, like something good about uh, Hillary Clinton. And you're like, there's no fucking way. There's no way this is real. Right. And then if you tweet at them, they never reply. Right. They only respond to other blue check accounts. Right. And then, of course, instantly they have hundreds of likes on a tweet that, you know, nobody else is getting if they say anything critical. It's just you can see the patterns and that kind of stuff. These um, hives of these bot accounts where. Uh, you'll you'll respond to something and all of a sudden a dozen different people have replied to you even though your reply was only to two or three different people it's like Uh how how are this many other accounts seeing what i tweeted when i didn't respond to these many people and the goal is that if they all if they keep tacking you dozens of different accounts with one or two tweets you'll reply to enough of them that you'll eventually say something they can mass report you for Right. And then, yeah. so they're just burner accounts. Right. Um, the burner is in like a burner phone drug dealer, not like mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders burner. Anyway. Um, yeah. And, you, and um, you, see, which, you see these swarms of these bot accounts and you're like, you, I'll just stop engaging because I know exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to get my fucking account shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, all that's to say that Christian Gilbrand has zero grassroots support, you know, in, in the actual uh, Democrat, even in the Democratic base. She uh, there was a story recently because she has been trying to pretend she's progressive uh, the past couple of years since Trump got elected. She's you know, she was I think the only one other than Bernie or actually she is the only one because Bernie voted for um, Nikki Haley or some. I don't even remember. He vote, he voted to confirm one of Trump's nominees. She was the only one who didn't vote to confirm any of Trump's nominees. And it was very clearly a uh, calculated uh move to position herself for 2020 uh at the same time she's come out and said she supports medicare for all all this stuff there was an article last week about how she was calling up wall street donors engaging uh what their level of support was for her to make a run yeah. for 2020 so clearly full of fucking shit she's a hillary clinton to the core she was put in that seat by the clinton people she was handpicked for that seat uh, a lot of people don't know that, but you know, she 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 took over Hillary's old Senate seat in New York, and mm-hmm. Clinton's people handpicked her and made sure she got through the primary uh, super easily by you know th- throwing money at her. She's a fucking Clintonite through and through. She's uh, she was joined the Blue Dogs. She uh, when she got into Congress, she uh, was one of the people standing against uh, the Affordable Care Act, not even the public option, but the Affordable Care Act itself. Uh, you know, when he was trying to pass that and now she's play, pretending that she wants Medicare for all. She's yeah. a fucking snake well, politician to her core. The weird thing she said this week was when she announced on whatever was it Stephen Colbert's show that tonight show. Whatever. Yeah, she was on Colbert. She is 52 and she referred to herself as a young mother. And I don't think 52 is old. Certainly not. Um, but she had a, she had a kid at uh, I think she what was it? she was in her early 40s when she had a kid 
and now she's 52. Oh, wow. Like, she's not a young mother. That's just weird to fucking say. Yeah, your, your kid's going into middle school. No. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? A teenager that has a, a baby is a young mother, <laughs> right? Your early 20s, you're a young mother. You're not a young mother at 52. That's just you're literally the old, bizarre. Which is not... And this is not at all a judgment, but you're literally the oldest mother you could possibly be because a few years later, you literally could not have had yeah. kids. I don't know what the fuck you're talking my about. My mother, my mother went through menopause at 35, right? Oh, wow. So that that was a, a, I, you know, she had me when she was 32, which even for the time was considered to be pretty old to have a kid, right? Um, but then, you know, just like 35, that's it. You're done. You're fucking you're off the team sorry um yeah. no more no more baby making but yeah just what a weird thing to say like oh yeah i'm, I'm yeah I'm, it's just weird those guarantee you fed to her by a consultant to, to position for a specific reason to position her oh, as like the younger alternative clearly, to joe biden clearly. and bernie yeah these people have no fucking original thought whatsoever does, does they're, tulsi they're, have they're, kids is she married with kids or is she no she i don't think she has kids she's married yeah um She's just like, she's, I'd she's fucking rather go surfing, so fuck having children. Yeah. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> and that's that's the kind of thing I love about Tulsi. That's the charm, I think, that would actually really help her in a in a serious bid for the presidency, is that she does have the, a lot of cool, intangible, kind of Beto O'Rourke things that without, like, the horrible pro uh you know oil policies of beta right, work right well i mean she you know she serves she's got like cool like aloha sayings sure yeah I, she went and spoke at some like christians for israel conference or some bullshit like that and i was kind of like ooh, no you're not a, you're not a christian right so you, you shouldn't shouldn't be supporting any of that shit. I, I didn't think she was that bad i thought she was not bad on israel i don't know i have, I have to look into her record on that more yeah i i think it's just required that if you're running for government you have to you know do some APAC events, right? Because yeah. they have all the money. Uh, like most most senators get about one fourth to one third of their money to campaign from APAC. Like there's just that you know, that fucking nuts. It's yeah. We talked about this earlier in the week. You know, just like it's it sucks to say it, right? But what other lobby has more power in Washington D.C. than than APAC? You know, it's like, what other country would we bend over backwards to uh, take away the First Amendment from our own citizens for any other country other than Israel? Yeah, I mean, Israel and Saudi Arabia is probably a close second, but Israel has way more money than they do in terms of what they're willing to funnel into the government. Yeah, Uh, Saudi Arabia probably has more money overall, but they're they, they they provide us a resource which you know they they we, we buy oil from right. them i don't know what the fuck israel provides us other than, yeah it, uh constant fucking intelligence maybe know. but usually it's just only intelligence that says you know oh yes uh, iraq has wnds go bomb them for us we don't like them right so yeah yeah, yeah they were one of the people that fed us that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> or or gave provided cover for the or the dick cheney orchestration of that war you know which he was trying to find something you know as justification and now we have fucking john bolton uh telling the pentagon to draft up uh attack plans strike plans for iran uh because some people basically blew up a couple firecrackers inside of an american embassy and didn't even injure anyone so uh 
Yeah, we're, we're, we, we clearly have learned our lessons. As, from... as though you have to ask the Pentagon to draw up plans to attack Iran. Like, yeah. you, you think they're like, like, oh, we never thought of that. We'll get right on that, sir. Like, no, <laughs> that's that's what they fucking plan for every day in that giant fucking building that apparently only a, only need a, a guy invisible jetliner to penetrate. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> he's like, I need you to draw up some plans to it, strike Iran. The guy's pulling a piece of paper out of his desk. He's like, oh, yes, okay, I will uh, draw up plans. I I, I do not yeah. have plans pre-drawn up for the uh, <laughs> military coup of Iran. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, and meanwhile, yeah, have, the, the one of the biggest threats to national security that the Pentagon does issue reports about about every two years is fucking global warming. And of course, none of the people in the fucking White House believe in it or believe that we should do anything about it. So it's like or give a fuck because they're getting enough oil. But right. yeah, whatever the reason, yeah, I mean, on, on, on one level, you almost think like the Pentagon probably knows what the real threats are, but never gets to draw out plans for the real threats. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 insane. It's crazy. Bolton, it's like we all worried that Bolton wanted to get Trump to start bombing Iran or invade Iran. We're all kind of like Trump's not, you know, he doesn't he's smart enough to know that's a bad idea. But does he if he gets pushed far enough and can't get his way in other ways, is he just going to go? All right, fuck it. I'll start a new war. You won't give me the wall. I'll go start a new fucking war. Yeah, well, and that's my fear that now that Mattis is gone, and I did not like Mattis at all. He was a fucking war hawk, but he was a little bit of a check on Bolton, and Bolton is a really fucking stupid but really uh, persistent uh, ideologue, and he absolutely is going to do everything in his power to put papers in front of Donald Trump at every opportunity to say, we should strike Iran now, we should strike Iran now. Uh, and Donald Trump is not smart enough to re- he's he's smart enough to not want to go to war with them. But I don't know if he's smart enough to realize that if you strike the government of a sovereign nation, you are at war with that country. If we fucking if we blow up an Iranian sub that's like in, in uh, you know, disputed waters, we're a fucking war with Iran. Like, that's not just, you know, it, it, you, you don't go back from that. So right. I, I don't think well, we, we just kind of stick to only shooting down f- civilian Iranian aircraft. And apparently they won't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then not apologizing for it. <laughs> I will never apologize for when America just kills thousands of civilians. Yeah. What a fucking dickhead. Um, but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> back to the 2020 counters. Yeah. Chris Gillibrand, it laughable. 3%. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to peg it right now. Tulsi, 8%. Uh, a respectable eight percent. Gillibrand's going to end up with about three percent of the popular. Vote. So there was another guy uh, that in you, the primary uh, had mentioned earlier who was going to throw his hat in the ring, and yeah. I didn't even recognize his name nor his face <laughs> when I looked him up. Um, uh, yeah, Sherrod Brown is a uh, senator from Ohio, a, a United States senator, federal senator, believe it or not, uh, and. Sherrod Brown is it just there's nothing noteworthy about Sherrod Brown whatsoever. People uh try to act like he's progressive. He's fine. He he's he's slightly to the left of like Cory Booker. That's, that's about as progressive as I'd let well, as I'd call I mean, him. Sherrod, what is that name? What 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 he's just like a boring he's, he's white. Oh yeah, he's just a boring white guy, but it's like is I hear the name Sherrod and I think, oh, I'm gonna see a you know, somebody there's not a, just a boring look. He's like, looks like Tim King with more hair, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's accurate. description. Um, um, yeah. And I, I had no idea. The fuck you, like, why, why would anyone know him? What name recognition could you possibly have? If 
you know, even people that pay attention to politics have never heard of you. Yeah, and he's one of these guys. He's an he's actually a, a very comparable voting record would be Elizabeth Warren. He's uh, moderately progressive, but he's not at all a leader, and he caves to party pressure all the time. So I'm I'm fucking done with him right off the bat. Like I have no right. interest in people like that. You know, he's not he's not a leader. He's not going to stand up to the Democratic Party, and he doesn't really have an interest in doing that. Uh, and he takes you know corporate money. So fuck him uh he'll he'll get one percent of the vote he'll be the martin o'malley <laughs> right. if he's lucky of this race With, maybe maybe the jim webb yeah oh man With lincoln chafee that was i mean i really hope ojeda doesn't turn into the jim webb because i fucking like ojeda but right we'll right well you know whereas jim webb would look off into the into the void and get stuck there and be like oh my god i really killed a guy ojeda would be you know We've joked about this on the for uh, on the on the show before. <laughs> you know, Jetta would just be like, "Yeah, I killed twenty five guys. What of it? Want to be? You want to be twenty six? <laughs> like he would just fuck, you know, jump in there and own it. Uh, One for every name I got tattooed on my yeah, back for my brothers exactly. and sisters. For every for every them. for every comrade that died that I got tattooed, I got a name of the com of another enemy that I killed on my leg. <laughs> he was like, "What? Why I would scratched you- a mark with a with a with a, ra- a rugged knife into the into I took the- a hot curling iron and put the." <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Ojeda has been great. Uh, and I, you know, I, I said I had my concerns about him and I still do about certain things, but he's actually been a lot better on the campaign trail than he even was during his congressional race. He um, is in L.A. right now with the teachers who, who are striking uh, the teachers oh, union good. that's striking right now. He's, you know, on the picket line with them, which uh, is fucking amazing. I don't think anyone else has been out there with them. I'm sure Bernie will go, but he hasn't gotten around to it yet. But yeah, Ojeda literally is he's trying to do a 48 state tour uh, and he's out there marching with the with the the protesters. Wait, right so now, which bringing awareness, which to two it. states is Ojeda written off then? Well, uh, so he's, he said that he's doing all 50, but he's driving to all the lower uh, 48 because I, I don't believe in flyover states. <laughs> I'm going to drive there first. What, like British Columbia? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Alaska. No. It, <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's saying, like, I don't believe, you know, there, I don't believe there's no such thing as flyover states. I'm going to drive to every state. But then he's like, well, obviously, I got to fly to Alaska and Hawaii. But, <laughs> but you don't. You can drive to Alaska. He's got to have a passport. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Seems like a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, uh, what was I gonna say? But and but he's actually, and he had a great answer because I, you know, my con- I had a concern with him about coal because he's from West Virginia. He's like, look, you know, I'm just saying I don't want to put these coal miners out of work, and I'm not gonna lie to them, and pretend like we're gonna give them a job right off the bat. But we need a green new deal now because we need to give them jobs right now to transition them into renewables. Like I, uh, I am not beholden to coal but i i want to make sure the my, the my coal miner brothers and sisters aren't uh told to fuck off basically and you know go live on the streets because we're going to shut your industry down i want to make sure that they have a job lined up right sure. now that we can transition them well, into and he said look i understand that it's a very urgent uh we he he, he had a really uh, a colloquial ojeda way of talking about how severe the threat of climate change was but he's very aware and he's not at all like a joe manchin who's gonna push for dirty energy just because the state uh su- is supported yeah. by it he wants to transition those people in a smart sure. way well, for the record um coal miners were told to, you know fuck off and go live on the streets 
when they were still coal miners. I mean, they, you look at the housing. Yeah, no, I know. It's been provided to coal miners <laughs> historically, and it's like, oh, there's a cardboard shack. That's good enough for you. Running water, plumbing, no. Sorry, heat, we can't afford that. We're Duke Energy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of the smallest industries in in America now in terms of manufacturing. It's it, it's not nearly where, well, you know, there used to be millions of coal miners. There's something like 25,000 in all of the United States now. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. not to say we should tell them to fuck off. We should, like he said, transition them into renewable jobs in that state. But we need to fucking do it yesterday, uh, you know, and the Democrats are not interested in that. Uh, but but he's been great. And I, I and I, he's again, he's not going to win. He's not going to even get a decent amount of the vote. But he's a great I really hope he gets on the debate stage because he's a great uh, pit bull and he's going to fucking call out the. Uh, corrupt assholes that are running uh, for being corrupt assholes, uh, and which is great. I, I cannot wait to see him fucking decimate Beto O'Rourke on a debate stage. Can you imagine Ojeda just fucking hammering him over all the corporate <laughs> money he takes? From, he he fucking called him out in, the, in a TYT interview for being the biggest recipient of fossil fuel yeah, money yeah. in fucking Congress. He, he, other take than fucking Beto's skateboard and break it over his head. Like, <laughs> how do you like that now? <laughs> Which I just love. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Sherrod Brown, you know, and Kristen Gillibrand, LOL. <laughs> Not that that's my assessment of their presidential Pretty much. Uh, campaign. So, I mean, obviously, we know the strategy that the, the party has is to flood the primary with so many candidates that it overwhelms Bernie or it splits the vote so many different ways that he doesn't have the momentum. But I, I feel like it's going to backfire because they think that if they just run, you know, like Bernie adjacent candidates, that suddenly millennials are going to go, oh, well, I'll like the thing that's, you know, the watered down version of it uh, that's that also has youth and is tall. Right. Like they think that millennials are that uh -huh. fucking dumb to go for that. You know, if anyone can spot the difference between authenticity and the thing trying to look like it, like Elizabeth Warren trying to do fucking uh, Instagram videos like AOC. And it's, it look, she looks like the, the the Serbian dictator who was drinking poison in court the way she drinks beer. Like <laughs> she's gonna, if that's what they think is going to fucking divide the vote and topple Bernie, they're idiots. They're fucking idiots. There's so. But you know what? They really are stupid enough because they actually are that distracted by, you know, I mean, the cramping calves tweet about Beto. Like, that's really who they are. They're fucking dumb. They're not they're not serious people, but they've been able to ascend to this high level in politics yeah. because of how fucked up they, their generation and the boomer generation let Washington get. And I think there's a real, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately for various reasons that there's this real unearned arrogance among, and, and again not the boomers that listen to the show you guys are awesome and you know how fucked up the system is but you know who i'm talking about the business class boomers who all got great jobs with high school educations and think that they fucking know a thing about the world and act like we're a bunch of uh, there's this real um push to infantilize millennials and gen xers and people under the boomer generation because it lets them off the hook for how fucked up and corrupt and uh laissez-faire they let things get and how laissez-faire they were with society uh crumbling around them because of their greed and yeah. uh uh apathy so there's uh this real push and and, and like you talk to these people and they're like uh, well, oh, I don't understand why all these kids, all these lazy kids are living in. It's like, fuck you. We all have fucking master's degrees. 
and things like that and we can't find fucking jobs that pay more than you know fifteen dollars an hour and you meanwhile got a job and a fucking pension and retirement and 401k and all this shit you know uh, out of high school in 1978 you fucking let the job market collapse because you let a bunch of corporations and a bunch of billionaires write the fucking tax codes for the last 40 well, years. Uh, fuck yourself. Uh, you don't know what the fuck you're exact, talking about. It's, like that's, it's the chiding that's so tone deaf that, that young people just laugh at. Cause it's like, you hear this criticism, uh, you know, from, from boomers where it's like, well, you, you shouldn't be having children if you can't afford them. And then young people go, okay, well, I'm, I'm fine not having children. And then you've got the Ben Shapiro's of the world saying, see, millennials are and feminists are destroying the fabric of society. They won't breed anymore. <laughs> it's like I, b- I believe the way he actually said it was eh, millennials and feminists are right. destroying the fabric of society. AOC refusing to, date, um, but- to, to go on a date with me is destroying society. <laughs> Do you see he wrote three articles about her in one fucking day? Did you see that shit? Oh yeah, no, he he's totally not mad. He, he's he's not mad at all. Guys. Not obsessed. So. Yeah, I mean, even you know, it's the same thing when you see Claire McCaskill. Yeah, he's such a little creep. You know, Claire McCaskill. She's a total. Just, I don't understand why Alexandra Ocasio Cortez is the thing now. Well, I almost feel like she does know why she's the thing, and she knows why she lost. But she was auditioning. You know, those interviews that she, she did after she lost bashing AOC. That was just an interview for her new job on as being uh, a regular on uh, msnbc right it, it, it's like you got joe scarborough you got claire mccaskill pretty soon msnbc is going to be nothing but just politicians that lost right <laughs> um yeah the, the republican uh who, who were who were you know serving as democrats who fucking lost their races and they're going to come on and talk about how the democratic party is going way too far left and how they're going to lose even though they all fucking lost and all the lefty candidates won that's 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 msnbc oh, yeah the and then MSNB, msnbc this week also had on this woman who did nothing but bash bernie and then people looked up her tweets and she just like basically they found at least three tweets where she said fag right like just yeah. blatant homophobia. Oh, and she's a fucking bi- she's a total fucking bigot. She was like, "I'm so done with like old white men. Can we like just never have another old white man?" Like she was such a fucking <laughs> airhead, right. fucking moron. Right. Like that's no, that's bigoted. Like, look, I, yeah, have white men had it way easier in society uh, historically because of systematic oppression? Yes. Does that mean it's okay uh, to say that like a uh, gender or a race of people uh, is horrible and we should never, uh, you know, elect another one? Uh, to office no that's fucking bigoted you need to look at the policies of uh anybody that you're advocating for you know we're not i'm certainly not going to advocate for fucking condoleezza rice to become the next president of the united states that's fucking asinine and a child's understanding of politics but that's all these fucking centrists have are superficial child's understandings of how all of the shit works it's fucking well i mean i would say they understand it well enough to know how to fake it right like you you have to know well, some of them are really that dumb, though. It's hard to tell sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's they they think that it's like the 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 whole the woman that wrote the whole series of books, you know, lean in whatever the fuck that shit was. The you know the the way to overthrow the patriarchy or patriarchy is to have uh, you know more women be CEOs, right? And and people bought into that shit. I know people that bought into that shit. People my age, and I would say, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not. That doesn't lift all boats, you know, having more women CEOs doesn't help women who can't pay their rent 
or who can't feed their kids, like what the fuck are you? Where are your values? No, it's the fucking system that's broken. Right. Like it's it's nothing to do. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. So I mean, and I hate being like TYT where they go overly explain things that are basic, well understood, but just you know, for a moment, people support Bernie Sanders because the policies he supports will overwhelmingly uh, benefit poor people, women, people of color across the board, right? But then they'll say, well, he's racist or sexist because he doesn't support, uh, you know, more women and black billionaires. Like that's, uh, you'll see him get called racist for that. That he, well, there's- That's, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's like, oh, so Bernie doesn't support black billionaires. So he's racist. It's, it's like, what? Like you can't even red herring well. <laughs> If you say shit like that, yeah, that's crazy. No, that, that, that's just so asinine and not a, yeah. God. Um, well, uh, I want to mention uh, some uh, uh, AOC stuff that happened this week also. Um, I don't know if you saw, but she absolutely decimated Scott Walker on I, Twitter. I didn't see that. Till you said you wanted to talk about it, and I looked it up, and sure enough, I was like, yep, he's done. <laughs> Yeah, no, because he, he just doesn't understand how shit works. Like he he's a fucking moron. He lost his election, um, and she. Uh, he, so he here I'm going to pull up his tweet. So he tweeted about her explaining tax rates before Reagan to fifth graders. Imagine if you did chores for your grandma and she gave you ten dollars. When you got home, your parents took seven dollars from you. The student said, "That's not fair. Even fifth graders get it." Um, which is bullshit because he's pretending that a 70% marginal tax rate means you take 70% of someone's earnings, which he knows is not fucking true. Yeah. And so then she responded to him explaining marginal tax rates to a far right former governor. Imagine if you did uh, chores for Ab- Abuela and she gave you $10. When you got home, you got to keep it because it's only $10. Then we taxed the billionaire in town because he's making tons of money underpaying the townspeople. <laughs> Right, right. Well, and if you really wanted to get technical about it, um, it's basically when uh, thousands of abuelas do the work cleaning and then somebody else gets the $10 million who didn't do the work, right? That's what capitalism is, right? Like you you wouldn't have Mm -hmm. $10 million where that 70% tax rate kicks in unless other people did the work that got you that money. Nobody can earn 10 million, unless you're a doctor or like a famous actor, nobody earns $10 million for their actual own labor. It's somebody else did the fucking work. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's infantile. Like they know that they know that, but they know that their followers don't know that they don't know what a marginal tax Mm -hmm. rate is. The people that voted for Scott Walker don't know what a fucking marginal tax rate is, or or they do. And they're still just like, well, why would I even want to become a billionaire? If you're going to take my, you know, uh, uh, (laughs) just, it, you know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, and uh, and you have fucking Democrats, of course, doing the work of Republicans and reinforcing their bullshit framing. You have people like Harry Reid going on TV and saying that 70% tax rate is too extreme and uh, the, the Democrats are going way too far left. Harry Reid, former, you know, uh, speaker of the uh, or uh, Senate majority leader when the Democrats had power under Obama. Um, the same day that he came out and said that stupid shit, a poll came out, said that the majority of Americans support a top uh, or marginal tax rate of 70 percent. So, well, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. People are yeah. not stupid, no matter how much they try to lie. And, you know, both parties exactly. uh, and well, pretend. Remember when, when AOC like, did the um, the 60 Minutes interview, she invoked FDR 
she said Franklin Del- mm. Delano Roosevelt, like she said his whole fucking name, uh, and, yeah. and talked about a robust, you know, New Deal that we that we desperately need more of, right? But back when it was FDR, the the marginal tax rate for people making over what today would be three hundred thousand dollars, not ten million, but three hundred thousand. Could you imagine paying a, a marginal tax rate of ninety five percent on anything over three hundred thousand dollars, right? And you know that it's like cite that fact. I support that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't need ten million dollars for that seventy percent to kick in. You don't need you don't need three hundred thousand no. dollars. Like if you have a if you have fifty thousand dollars, like and just for yourself and your partner, it can get fifty. You are not going to be fucking struggling to pay no. bills well, to live your life. Like live in San Francisco or New York City, maybe. But well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I mean. Is, it, Three hundred thousand is it, yeah. it, that's that's more money than I would know how to spend in a year. Like I, I like, yeah, well, I guess Same. I have to buy a fucking yacht now because I can't put the money anywhere. <laughs> no, but but what happened with that ninety five percent marginal tax rate under FTR was that you know for the next twenty five years America had the most economic prosperity that it's ever had, right? Uh, until mm-hmm. you yep. know until you had Nixon and then Johnson. Uh, and then especially Reagan, Reagan got the up. shit out of that marginal tax rate, right? Where now it's down to like 25% now for, for high earners. Um, so yeah, if she can cite FDR, well, so it, like the top, top rate is, is 39%, which is down from 44, gotcha. but the actual, uh, effective tax rate, like you said, is about 25% right. because of all the loopholes that are easily. Uh, I'm terrible at know. math, but apparently I'm, uh, as a Marxist, I'm pretty good at economics, <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you, um, if you well, you know who else is? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, who else is really good at economics. Uh, AOC, which is why she got appointed to the uh, House Financial Services Committee after a lot of grassroots pressure on the Democrats to put her on uh, that committee. And that's actually a really prominent committee. It's one of four, I think, exclusive committees. Meaning um, that there's not a counterpart in the Senate. Uh, correct. So um, what uh, AOC said about that uh, was uh, financial services is, is uh, one of just four exclusive committees in the House. It oversees big banks, lending, and the financial sector. I am very grateful for the opportunity to sit on this committee as a freshman uh, and looking forward to working under the leadership of uh, Maxine Waters. Personally, I'm looking forward to digging into the student loan crisis, examining for-profit prisons and ICE detention, and exploring the development of public and postal banking to start. To, just which to is start. Fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but by the way, I, I never hear anyone talk about public and postal banking. That's fucking amazing that she's bringing shit like that up because people are going to Google that and be like, oh my God. Why don't we do why that? Why are we letting yeah, private companies exactly. fucking. Exactly. Yeah, They're like, going to be like, I've never heard of that. Control <laughs> lending. Um, yeah. So that that uh, uh, Wall Street Journal headline I read you last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, AOC may be major threat to Wall Street. And it's like, Yep, you're right. <laughs> uh, Fox News <laughs> had a, you know, like at work, we can kind of browse headlines on like MSN.com or whatever. And Fox, it's all, the links are all from major news networks. So even the international news, it's all still like what American news printed about international. But it, it was, um, there's Fox News is still running that picture of AOC that looks like the, the, like the anti-Semitic, um, greedy, hand-wringing, hook-nosed Jew caricature that everyone recognizes yeah yeah there's the, fox news yeah, is still Nazi running that propaganda picture of aoc picture. that like looks like that like you know that the, they're they're still fox news 
Still they caught a moment of her clasping her hands together, and they literally, it looks exactly like, the same. I'm going to take the money. I'm going to take time. money away from billionaires. Ha ha ha. It's like as though, you know, uh, Robin Hood was the greedy one and not the king of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's insane. But yeah, it and the fact that she's a freshman and is getting on this committee is also a huge thing. Like, I'm kind of like, well, wait, what's the catch? How are they going to give her all this power? And then like they can't they're not really going to let her do anything on that committee. Right. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, just it, it's a very small committee. So, I mean, the fact that she's on there uh, is pretty amazing. She actually had a really good uh, tweet storm about it uh, today. I want to uh, just further uh, on top of the tweets I just read earlier. I want to read this out. Um, I want to be very clear about how the successful work of uh, grassroots organizers and activists uh, have been in helping progressives secure appointments to the powerful Financial Services Committee. Uh, It starts, as with many amazing developments, with everyday people paying attention. During and after the 2008 financial crisis, everyday people started to viscerally see the corrosive role of lobbyists writing uh, in legal loopholes that allowed big banks to gamble with people's lives and the economy as a whole. Occupy Wall Street emerged and activism bloomed. Uh, activists Activists zoomed in on one place in particular, the Financial Services Committee which deals with big banks, real estate, and almost every interaction people have in dealing with their own money. What they found was a place where big bank lobbyists were slipping in their work. Uh, Financial services is one of the few exclusive committees. The jargon around here is that uh, they are the, quote, money committees, not because they oversee money, but because they can one can fundraise from special interests by sitting on it and giving corporations a listening ear until people started paying attention. All of a sudden... Oh, yeah, oh was, was Joe Crowley on that committee previously? I thought, like, yeah, yeah, okay, right, because I remember that was a, that was a big money. thing about how he was, you know, shoveling money into the the Democratic Party by being on that committee, um, and I'm, yeah. It, yeah, and so imagine they literally her being admit on that, there. like, no, we get bribed for being on this committee because <laughs> right. we have a lot of control. Like, that's fucking yeah. so insane that they and, and imagine she's on there and she's gonna basically like, uh, you know, try to shovel money to community type things as opposed to special interest corporations. Uh-huh. They're going to uh-huh. be like, she's, she she's took his old seat. The they're money. all going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is, this is something really, because you um, mentioned Occupy Wall Street, right? And most politicians, they see Occupy Wall Street as, as the enemy. Like the most terrifying threat to power and capital was a, a, a nationwide, if not worldwide mass movement. Right. And even people like Bill Maher, who I don't know if you remember this right before Occupy Wall Street happened, Bill Maher on his stupid show, uh, said, well, if the if the Republicans have a Tea Party, uh, the Democrats need their own version of that. And he even had like a little logo for it. And it was like a chimpanzee in a suit with a gun. And I don't know what that represented to him, but like that was his motif for it. And he's like, we need a, a, a mm-hmm. faction within the Democratic Party that's just as crazy as the Tea Party, but smart and organized, but still that crazy. And then like months later, Occupy Wall Street happened and he went there and he just kind of like, you know, like held his nose looking around like what is this what is this you know and i was like wow bill maher you really you don't even remember what your own words from just a couple months prior uh and you realize like the 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 criticism of occupy wall street was always like well you people need to get organized you need to actually you know stop fighting from the outside and get into the halls of of power and actually do something well 
as soon as millennials are like, okay, we'll go do that. They're, you know, the boomers are like, wait, 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 no, 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 not, not, we didn't mean like that. We meant just go along with what we say, not fight for your own mm-hmm. movement, not for your own interest. Right. Uh, and that's clearly what she's been doing is, you know, we've only had a few weeks that she's been in office. Right. But she's not like, she's still operating as a community organizer, Obama said, well, I used to be that, but now I'm this. Well, she still is the, the, the community organizer. She still is the, you know, canvasser for Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, that she's not going to change from that. Yeah. Well, so here, there's a couple more tweets you had sure. um, in that thread. Uh, all of a sudden, normal people whose student loans were bubbling, whose mortgages were underwater and so on, started showing up to committee hearings. The idea was to show legislators that everyday people were watching. All of a sudden, it became harder for legislators to slip corporate-friendly legislation through committee because people would write articles and their constituents would find out and grow upset. As I've said before, it's people versus money. We've got people, they've got money. These legislators, under public pressure, couldn't deliver as much for the big bank lobbyists. They had to vacate one of the most powerful committees in the House. That made a space that big banks couldn't fill, and how we got several non-corporate funded members into places of power. I cannot stress uh, how important this moment is. Dems are putting members who rejected corporate campaign money on a committee overseeing Wall Street, all because everyday people donated to our campaigns uh, and they started to pay attention and became activists in Congress. It's a huge win. Obviously, there's work to do. There are other money committees, uh, Ways and Means, Energy and Commerce, etc. But we've got one down before we had zero. Keep paying attention, chipping uh, into campaigns and being activists. It works. Yeah. So, yeah, which is, I mean, the way she frames awesome. that is as though her party is the be- is mostly the bad guy still, you know. And, and if you're mm-hmm. somebody who is a corporate Democrat, and you hear her talk like that, and you're like, "What? We already we gave her what we gave her a seat, and she's still attacking us. What is she doing? <laughs> right? Like, they they got to yeah. be fucking shit in their pants right now." Yeah, I just I just picture her like the Joker in that scene in The Dark Knight where he just it takes the cigar and lights the fucking the pile of their money on fire in front of her. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> yep. That's just like Nancy Pelosi staring at the pile of billions of dollars just burning fucking in front shrieking, of her. you know, that 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 kid with the glasses and the suspenders, you know, that got up and was like, hey, what about socialism? And like the, you know, in Nancy Pelosi's mind, like the Kill Bill sirens like wee, wee. Sign. we're like going off in her head and she's like oh, i must stand up and defend you know and she's like licking her lips and trying to like blink out of her fucking you know coma hangover trying to figure out where to look at to you know deliver her drunken oh god bottle. yeah but yeah so um aoc's fucking killing it as usual uh and we have a, a segment on her every week because she's I, I've literally never seen somebody do so much in so little time, like in Congress, like, and I, and I, it's really not, you know, as much as people want to put it on a cult of personality thing, it's really not. She ha- has learned, uh, she just has this fucking innate ability for playing DC like a fiddle because it, she's an actual activist and an actual intellectual heavyweight. And they're so used to, uh, corporate suits that don't know what the fuck they're doing and just listen to whatever the uh old money people sure. tell them to do sure. forever well, 
like in DC. So they're fucking shocked that like this, like this is like the plot of like an eighties, like uh, you know, fish out of water movie almost. It's so fucking oh, weird yeah. for them. To I, deal I, with you this. watch her and you feel like you're watching like the Tom Hanks movie Big. You know, where it's like suddenly yeah. he's doing all the things that we all could do, but we don't because we grew up slowly. And here's somebody that just was young and had to make no compromises to get power. And it's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to keep doing this shit. I'm going to be the best ever at it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be, be yeah. the, the best toy designer ever uh, because I actually still am a 10 year old kid. <laughs> um yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing because she always talks about she uses the whole you know it's not me it's us thing that Bernie does, which every other politician tries to do but doesn't mean it right or doesn't say it in ways that feel yeah. real uh, until she talks about her actual victory, and then she always calls it my primary, my primary victory. Like she knows the work that she's done. She knows that she's done the work to get where she is with the help of other people. But she's not bragging. She's just very understanding of herself. She's very self-aware about what she can do and what she has she done and the choices she's made to do that work and say the, the things that she says. She's extremely self-aware and thoughtful. Well, I mean, she wore those fucking, she showed a she sent out a picture of those shoes that she wore while she was canvassing, those sneakers that literally uh, had holes in the soles because she, you know, knocked so many doors yeah. You think fucking Joe Crowley has knocked a single door in in his fucking eighteen years in Congress? Of course right. not. Like, well, he's knocked you know on on doors of fucking lobbyists and banks and shit. But <laughs> he didn't even wait not, for the lobbyists like an to actual come to him. He goes to their store. office. Yeah, <laughs> please, I'm, sir, I'm here please, for the money. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm completely pliable. I have no positions whatsoever of my own. Um, yeah. So you know, I, it just it it's so refreshing to see, and I, I I'm, we're going to keep highlighting her on the show because she's showing the blueprint for how you move forward in Washington and what's going to happen. And they're so fucking terrified, which is why they're giving her billions of dollars, probably cumulatively in free media. They're going to make her fucking president. They're, they're so stupid. They're so short sighted <laughs> that they're panicking, trying to smear her and they're covering her. I, I would say at least three hours a day on every cable news network. And, and, and it's like, you idiots are giving her so much free fucking media. You're going to you're going to trump her. Yeah. But, you're, but in a positive way, she's going to become but fucking. President that's the thing is they're idiots. all competing for ratings. And once somebody is the the it girl, you can't make that go away. You know, it's just not, you know, I mean, they like, um, you know, Peter Douche was sort of worried that they will once they realize what a threat she is, they'll try to blacklist her. Well, it's you know, she's got a few things that Bernie does doesn't like, have. Right. And that is mm -hmm. ultimately if they're going to get more money from ratings for covering her than they would from blacklisting Bernie and keeping that campaign finance money or, the, you know, all, all the election ad buys, they're going to go with giving her ratings. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they because they, they attract other advertisers and they need that rating to do that in general. But um the other thing that's great is that she's a great advertisement uh, for, hey, you don't have to just vote for the Democrat that's in office. And again, this is something they don't realize, but they're setting themselves up for a bloodbath in 2020 uh, with with an, a whole crop of AOCs because she's raising awareness of the fact that, hey, you don't need to settle for uh, the Democratic senator or congressperson that rep represents you. There's a very good chance that they suck and that there's somebody way better and younger coming up that can replace them. 
Uh, oh, and you should pay yeah. attention to fucking primaries. She's a great advertisement for that. And they don't even understand that they're making can, that way more I can obvious. already see, you know, what they'll say in 2020. Because right now they're trying to say, well, Bernie's not special anymore. Because here's all these other progressives just as good as him. And of course they're not, right? And then you're going to have a mm-hmm. bunch of other people run that are as to the left as AOC. And they'll say, oh, they're nothing special. They're no AOC. Like they'll do the exact opposite argument, mm-hmm. right? Just to marginalize people on the left as much as possible. Or you know what the great thing that they might do because their big strategy in eighteen was just ice out every progressive challenger to an establishment candidate, just not cover them at all. Right? People like Sarah Smith was the first person to win, uh, the first second, uh, first uh, Democrat to win. Like she was on the. I I don't even know the fucking phrases. Basically, it it they have an open primary there, so the top two vote getters move on. It was the first time there was a double democratic ticket in like 20 something years in washington because she she was so popular she managed to beat out the republican challenger and she was the second place vote getter so it was her versus the incumbent adam smith uh didn't get a fucking lick of mainstream press coverage what they're going to do now is because they're so uh starved for those ratings that they get from aoc they're going to cover a lot of people like her and and other challengers just to smear them like that, you know, to do the shit that they try to do to AOC, but what they're going to do, because again, they're not intelligent at the end of the day. They think they know what they're doing, but they don't, they're going to fucking elevate these people and they're all going to win. It's going to be a bloodbath in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah it'll be, a you know, fine by me. <laughs> keep, keep fucking doing it. <laughs> yeah. It, um, and it's, it's going to be hilarious. Exactly. And you realize how out of touch people in the media are. Cause it, I mean, you work in a studio, for 14 hours a day, you don't get out to see people, right? You don't, you don't know who your viewers are or you know what the ratings say your viewers are. So your driver, you don't know who your viewers really are, right? Or or who the voters really are. Um, Try as you might for Joe Scarborough to try to be relatable. Like he's an everyman. It's like, no, you're fucking, you're multimillionaire on TV. Rachel Maddow, uh, you know, the Rachel Maddow from air America, that fledgling liberal talk radio network, would be disgusted by who she is today. Right. And that's just, yeah, you're even, you're, you're now in an ivory tower where you used to be kind of working class. You have no idea where people still are today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why we're here. Uh, cause we uh, <laughs> will always be the poor. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll always be the working class. So, uh, you don't have to worry about us becoming, uh, the Rachel Maddows unless you want to throw millions of dollars at us. Yeah. We, we do will, have a Patreon. Uh, totally take we'll that by a million and, dollars uh, <laughs> in move left idiots, t-shirts and cock rings. You can uh, go right. Ahead. Yeah, no, I, I'd be, <laughs> be fine with that. Uh, so you can do that of course, over at uh tiny URL, uh, dot com slash move left merch and you can find all of our uh, merch over there you uh can follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left be sure to share out the show uh you can rate review and subscribe over on apple podcasts you can follow us on facebook and uh, participate on there we have a pretty growing uh community there that's facebook.com slash move left facebook that's that's Um, like myspace right that's an that's one of the yeah yeah, yeah gotcha. the worse somehow uh, facebook is where uh, all of our without the cool little music yeah, player no, i know um if only people had invented facebook today it would be huge or uh, if myspace if they invented myspace today it would be the biggest fucking thing um yeah everyone everyone i know is migrating back to facebook now that twitter is banning people for 
calling Nazis Nazis and calling turfs turfs. So uh, yeah, come find us on Facebook because you may not have an account on Twitter much longer. Yeah. Well, if you do still have an account on Twitter, uh, you can find me at move, move underscore left. Uh, and I'm currently in Twitmo Twitter jail still, but you can find me at chaos right 1999. And we will see you next week.